Today on Cards Subject to Change, we jump back in the time machine where there is maniacs, warriors, and madness. Oh my! It is October 13th, 1990, Saturday night's main event on Cards Subject to Change, which is part of the For Frequency Sake podcast network. You can uh, tune into For Frequency Sake, subscribe for the latest episodes of Educated Ignorance, The Data Lab, and of course, Cards Subject to change and other great podcast content oh yeah now it's time for the cream of the crop nick how you doing tonight my friend that's a hard that's a hard uh, intro to follow there partner i'm doing great how about yourself i'm feeling really good tonight I'm, i was gonna uh, try i was gonna try and top you with my vince mcmahon it's october frost but <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't do it i couldn't do it man that's a great intro well, that's okay, because I don't think anybody can do Vince McMahon but Vince. He's kind of hard to pull off, although Pritchard does a good job, uh, probably the best of anybody that I've heard. Mutual friend uh, Kyle Tobias, uh, shout out on the podcast today or tonight. He does the best Vince McMahon introducing John Michael. I can't, I can't do it, but, but Kyle can and uh, – Yes, but Vince is a hard one to do, and and uh, Vince is in rare form, and, and lucky for us, we get plenty of Vince's. We do. Uh, before we get into that, though, we've got a few things that we need to talk about here. We've been a bit lackadaisical on our current product the last few weeks, other than uh, obviously Extreme Rules last week. That was a, the, the last big show, but a few big things to touch on here. Uh, local boy, don't call me Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, coming off with the U.S. title win. Big win for him. So got to shout out a congratulatory uh, message to the Davenport's own Seth Rollins. And I think it was a great match. Uh, I think it was put together well. Did you did you see the the interchange or the exchange between Bobby and uh, and Seth Rollins on Monday? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I did see it. Um, you know, Lashley um, obviously was jumped, and Rollins went the cowardly heel and calling him out, saying he'd be a disgrace to his country. But it was a well uh, put together match. How we, how they did it, they transitioned it. I love that Seth's now the U.S. champ, and I think he's going to treat it like he did the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, championship when he had it on Raw. Like, that was the title on Monday night. Uh, that was back when Lesnar was working part-time and the champ wasn't around. So I'm kind of hoping that he, he takes that U.S. title and runs with it like he did the IC title. Yep. I think that's a great possibility. And right now, pretty much anybody who works with um, him is going to be right in that title picture. And you got to think, him and Riddle are going to have a blow-off here eventually, right? They've both gotten a victory and and with that U.S. title now involved, Riddle, a former, a former champion, it just adds more uh, more oomph to it, you know, more spice to it. And breaking news here, DJ just sent me a an image. I don't know if this is true. I'm looking it up right now, but it looks like it's Riddle versus Rollins for the U.S. title tomorrow night on Raw as we record this. Well, wow. Uh, I think when we get done recording here, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Um, honestly, we, we couldn't have uh, timed that any better, but no. They haven't had their blow off, and I'm not to say that you know tomorrow night's going to be their blow off, but um, I don't think it will. I, I don't think, think there's think it will a be lot either. of story to be told there. 
Oh, I do too. I do too, and I hope uh, this thing keeps going. I mean, WWE right now, and not to toot their horn or fluff or anything, the bloodline thing is the best thing going in wrestling right now. That can't be argued. It's it's nothing's topping it right now, in my opinion. And then now you got Riddle and and Rollins thrown into it, and now with uh, the result of that match, Lesnar, and we're going to see Lesnar and Bobby Lashley at one of uh, at Crown Jewel. So Seth Rollins. Uh, wins the U.S. title and a you know, and the butterfly flaps his wings on the other side of the world, right? So a lot of things happening uh, from from that match on Monday night. And you know we're going to transition from Rollins winning the U.S. title to somebody that Rollins personally trained. Uh, we go to to NXT. Nathan Frazier won his best out of three uh, series against Axiom. And that qualified him for the North American uh, Championship ladder match, which is coming up this Saturday at the premium live event Halloween Havoc for NXT. Yeah, when you uh, – I, I, I had seen that Nathan won that match, and congrats to him and getting on – moving on to the ladder match in Halloween Havoc. But what really caught me by surprise, we were talking, you told me Halloween Havoc is – it's not Tuesday. It's not a regular NXT show. It's going to be a premium live event on, uh, on the Peacock. So – that's um, it's a, took me by surprise too because I was shocked at double uh, check. You're right, it's this Saturday, so uh, ladder match anything can happen. We've seen so many of them. I don't know, is there eight participants in that NXT North American ladder match? I think five, five okay. Either way, ladder and matches can, are crazy, never know what's going to happen. And it's cool to see the local guy or guy that was trained locally, uh, in, in that match for the North American Championship. Oh, I, I completely agree. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I haven't been following NXT as closely as I have in the past, but it seems like it's starting to pick up. And I've been, uh, before we, we got on, I was watching last week's NXT. Um, I'm not finished with it. I'll probably go back to it uh, to close out my night. But uh, we're going to go from one championship to another and switch gears to AEW for a second here. A uh, big win for Orange Cassidy, uh, beating the bastard Pac for the All Atlantic Championship. Yeah, that was a very good match. Um, and congrats to Orange Cassidy. Um, Pac, um, no longer the first, or he was the first champion to hold two different titles in AEW simultaneously, holding that, uh, being the first one to hold the All Atlantic Championship that he won at Forbidden Door. And, and, um, also being uh, a trio champ, current trios champion as well um, with the Lucha Brothers, but uh, fantastic match. I, I I'm on record. I think Pac is a top five wrestler in the world. Um, just on his talent alone, I mean, he is unbelievable. He can go in there and fight with the high flyers. He can go in there and fight with the bigger guys, and both guys look like a million bucks. Uh, Orange Cassidy uh, with the big orange confetti win or confetti celebration afterwards. Uh, wise move for AEW and company. Um, get the title on him. Um, Cassidy, hey, he's unorthodox, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a different style of wrestling, and I, he's grown on me. I, I, I like Orange Cassidy, and if you haven't seen his match uh, with Will Osprey early this year from Forbidden Door, go see it. That was an unbelievable match where you can have comedy in a match, and it's still uh, fantastic. But props to Orange Cassidy, your new AEW All-Atlantic champion. And, and I'll give a shout-out, too, to Orange Cassidy. I've, I've always thought he was very fun. Uh, his 
kicking his uh, his. I don't know how to describe it. The slow, not slow motion, but the just the little tiny kicks that he does really that just puts a smile on my face. Yeah, it's it's his, it's his mind games. I mean, and it works. It works. And you got the pockets. Uh, anyone who can do a kip up with his hands in his pockets, that guy's got some talent. Oh, for sure. Uh, I sure as heck can't do it. I would not have my hands in my pockets. No. Uh, I can do a kip up when I'm laying in bed if I'm going to a sitting <laughs> position. <laughs> but uh, there's no way to get That's a sit up. That ain't a kick up. Well, I use my feet, so that's <laughs> uh, the other big news of the day. Uh, we talked a little bit about this off air. They have apparently canceled the day one premium live event for January 1st. Yeah, surprised by this, but I read an article explaining why Atlanta apparently has a stadium problem with football games, probably from the college bowl games around uh, the New Year's holiday and on January Know, before New Year's and on January 1st. So I don't know if that's an excuse, low ticket sales, what the question is. Sounds like the pay-per-view's off, which means there won't be a pay-per-view between uh, Survivor Series, which will be at the end of this month, and Roy- or, excuse me, uh, Royal Rumble. So WWE yeah. is essentially going to go like, a, what, a month and a half without a pay-per-view? Almost two uh, months. Almost two months, excuse me, a premium live event. Sorry. Uh, our corrections uh, department just buzzed me real quick there. But, uh, yeah, um, I just it, uh, – it doesn't really – it wasn't like one of those where I'm like, oh, darn. Like I've seen it and I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, I guess we're going to be talking about something different on January 1st. But uh, regardless, I, I wasn't shocked by it. Um, and maybe it's something they'll make up like on the network with something in-house. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, very, very surprised by that move, but because of the length of time between events. But you also got to factor in, you've seen that before, where you've had extreme rules at the beginning of February and then nothing until WrestleMania on like the first or either the, somewhere between the first and the fourth of April. They've done right. that in the past too. So this isn't a, this isn't a new concept, uh, but just, this time of year, seeing something like that surprises me. Yeah, uh, it seemed to be a successful show for him last year. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a better explanation in the coming days, but just off of what I read, they're, they're saying due to the, uh, the, the, the football games in town. So we, we, we'll, we'll see. Well, that we will. Uh, so we're going to go right on in here now to what we've come to talk about. Uh, if you <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to watch on Peacock, you'll look up Saturday night's main event. It's season six, episode five. We are talking about the uh, Saturday night's main event that aired on October thirteenth, nineteen ninety. And what a what a fun show this was, Nick. I'm anxious to get into it with you here. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's jump into this thing. Uh, Vince McMahon and Roddy Rowdy Roddy Piper kick off the show, telling us. Well, no, actually, they kick off the show letting us know welcome to the event. It's Oktoberfest, but we've got uh, the Bushwhackers, Bean Gene, and Lanny Poffo. Among uh, others. Welcoming, among others. Um, 
at Oktoberfest, they're going to be at another location during during tonight's quote unquote broadcast. Um, geez, let's should we run down the list of uh, merry men at the Oktoberfest? We have uh, the genius Lanny Papo. We've got Brett the Hitman Hart. We've got Jim the Anvil Night Hart. We've got Mister Fuji. We've got Sato. We've got Tanaka. Uh, I also believe Akeem and Slicker there. Hacksaw Jim mm-hmm. Duggan. Mean Gene Okerlund is our host. Did I leave anybody out? Uh, the late great Lord Alfred Hayes is also oh, kind of. He is there. also he is also at a remote location. <laughs> so yeah, you thought WrestleMania two was biting off more than they could chew by having WrestleMania from three different places. Well, we're, we're they're biting off more than they can chew, I think, with this Oktoberfest. Uh, three different locations from that, but uh, yeah, this <sighs> Vince McMahon welcomes us, and Roddy Piper is in Lederhosen or. Uh, half of what appears to be leader host that he he very much is now i want to talk a little bit about roddy uh we'll get into this a little bit more but it seems like piper who is notoriously a heel in the business was rooting for the the good guys during this show that caught me off guard you don't usually see in this era color commentator siding with the faces on the show yeah, this was kind of uh, kind of like a breath of fresh air. Always growing up, it was Heenan. It, well, it was you know Jesse the Body. It was Heenan. It was always the, the the heel protagonist running down the you know running down the faces and and, and the color guy trying or and the play by play guy trying to keep a level. You're absolutely right. We've got Piper out here cheering for the faces, which was kind of uh, unheard of back in 1990 for the well, color commentator to do. And for Piper himself, even, who, like I said, is a notorious heel in wrestling in most of his career. Uh, obviously, one the main ex- the big exception in that comes in when he's in a WCW facing off against Hollywood Hogan. Uh, but his time in WWE, he's been a heel more than a face for sure. Yes, and towards the end of his career was portrayed as so as the face and really, you know, got over with the crowd. Uh, and and he's one of the MVPs of this show just because I don't even know if he knows what he's saying half the time, man, but he sells it like he does. <laughs> and if you really listen closely, it, it, there's a few examples. If you listen closely, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, what is he saying? But it makes sense. And, and that's what always works for him. Yeah, he's he's so off the wall. It, it it makes makes it makes it a fun show to listen to commentary wise for sure. Yep. So we've got what four matches on this card here? Uh, oh, we've got five matches on five the card. matches. Uh, I was a little off on my count. We start off with the ah, uh, uh, what a rush! The Legion of Doom and the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, taking on all three members of Demolition. This is when Crush was a big part of Demolition here. Uh, so you've got Axe, Smash, and Crush against Hawk, Animal, and the Warrior. Uh, <clears throat> start off the before the match even starts, you've got promos from both sides. Uh, what I have promo-wise written down, Nick, is uh, uh, didn't, didn't take much out of Demolition's promo, but the Legion of Doom promo, it's just Hawk and Animal. And then Warrior comes up from the bottom of the scene, and the only thing he says is Blitzkrieg. And they just keep repeating it. 
Yeah, it was rather weird. Um, but you, you knew what you were getting with the standard promo from uh, Legion of Doom. But, man, Warrior was an absolute crapshoot. So, yeah. And I have a note. Warrior looks like uh, Johnny Depp d- did in Lone Ranger as uh, Tonto. Yeah, okay. That's what I can Ultimate agree with Warrior that. looks like here with that headband on. I mean, he is Ultimate Warrior was in another galaxy in this show, and you see it front and center in the opening promo. Um, he is the WWF champion right now, and yeah, he's on another. He's in another galaxy. Um, after that promo, we go right to. Well, before the promo, we have the awesome ring. They have the graphics before each match. They do. Those are fantastic. Demolition, LOD, Ultimate Warrior graphic I put is awesome. Um, I I thought it was great when I was 10 years old. I'm 42 years old, and I still think it's awesome. I also noted that two-thirds of the competitors in this match are no longer with us. It's just like... Rush, no longer with us. Hawk and Animal, no longer with us. Ultimate Warrior, no longer with us. So, yeah, it's like, you know, retrospective here, reminiscent going back in your childhood, but it's like, oh, my God, these guys are no longer with us. It's kind of just, it's crazy how stuff is. And so many of them taken before their time, in my opinion. For sure, for sure. But, hey, we're not going to be sad here. This Saturday night's main event, Oktoberfest, if you will, from Toledo, Ohio, is one for the ages. And you're right. We've got a uh, six-man tag to kick it off. Demolition, and Ultimate Warrior. It's not just a six-man tag, Nick. What uh, what kind of fight are we looking at here with these big brooding men in the ring? We got a hot fight. Yes, we do. Blitzkrieg. 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, so one thing I have written down here, what did you think of this version of the WWE championship? Uh, the, it's, it's obviously the winged Eagle belt, but the warrior has the white backing on it. Um, I mean, I guess this was kind of like personalized belts before personalized belts. Um, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, I know some others, you know, they want to see it on the black, but it didn't, it, it didn't bother me one bit. No, I thought it was a unique take, uh, and it, it kind of fits the Warriors persona, the Ultimate Warrior persona going in. You know, he's 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 a unique person. Uh, that's that's the nicest thing. Uh, he's he's kind of crazy, uh, so having something different to stand out really because he's a standout person. <clears throat> you know, I think uh, I think is good for him. And I also have a note. I think Hawk is even scarier when he wears black face paint like that's he's a mean looking dude anyways but he looks like he, he looks like a uh, he, like he's a member of a tribe uh, an ancient tribe in this match Hawk looks like he's on another level not quite another the level that ultimate warriors on but uh hawk looks like uh he might be in another galaxy as well yeah uh one thing during the match that I, I also have noted is we get a little uh, a little nod, a little teaser with showing Dustin Rhodes at ringside. Uh, yeah, this is pre-gold dust Dustin Rhodes. 
was only with the WWE, according to my research, for a handful of months and left around January when Dusty left. Correct. Went back to WCW and then I think, you know, fell right into the natural role. So, hey, if it, you know, there he is. There's the young Dustin Rhodes. Uh, yeah, just I thought about that. I'm like, Dustin Rhodes, my God, he looks so old. But it, 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 more, more, more to talk about Dustin Rhodes later. But for a yeah. six-man tag, for a match coming in just under five minutes with like three or excuse me, six known stars of the day. Crowd was crazy. Everybody, you know, looks good from it. And, you know, it was a great way to start this show. I really like this match. Yeah, and, you know, we've we've said it before. The opening match is what usually sets the pace for any show. This was a great way to open this particular Saturday night's main event, in my opinion. Yeah, you got six big guys in there, too. It's not going to be a, a mass spectacular. It's going to be hard-hitting, a lot of throwing people around, and that's what it is. And uh, if you're a fan of hot fights, like we are here, um, Demolition and uh, versus LOD Ultimate Warrior from Star Dance Main Event, um, October 13th, 90s, a fun six man. And you want to see like all six of these guys like in the height of their runs. It, it, it's a good match. For sure. For sure. Uh, following this match, we're tossing to Mean Gene Okerlund at the Oktoberfest. Uh, we see Lanny Poffo in his his call girl wig or whatever you want to call that prancing around. Uh, mean Gene is talking about, you know, what's going on and tries to send things over to Lord Alfred Hayes, but uh, Gene writes it off as technical difficulties, but it's quite obvious that uh, Lord Alfred does not have his earpiece in and is kicking a few back with, uh, with the, with the, the head honcho of the beer of Oktoberfest. Right, he's with the brewmeister at a local, at a brewery, and Lord Alfred Hayes is in his beer hosen, and he's in his full getup, and he's enjoying a full stein of beer, and it's obvious that his IFB, his interruptible feedback, or his earpiece, is not in his ear. It's hanging on his hat, and uh, this thus begins uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. This is, there's got to be some ribbing going on here, like, do we know if Lord Alfred Hayes was a massive drunk? Um, maybe he was, and this was their way of like <laughs> streaming it to the world. I don't know, or broadcasting <laughs> it to the world. But this this little bit with Lord Alfred Hayes is good, and it gets better as the night goes on. It it really does, uh, and you know, Mean Gene throws us back to uh, back to in ring action, and we've we've got. Yeah, the macho man in his macho king persona. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Won the king of the ring tournament. He's got scary or sensational, however you want to deem her, Sherry, in his corner. Yep. And he's going up against the son of a plumber. Nick, what's causing all this? What's causing all this? He's taking on Dusty Rhodes. And I'm going to tell you what. I have on here a young Dustin Rose. That's my son. Is sitting at ringside. If you is sitting at ringside in this match, he's here to support me. That he is, and you know it's pointed out here that Dusty doesn't have Sapphire with him. He lost her to the Million Dollar Man. Uh, and, 
Everybody's got a price, CZ. Everybody's got a price. Everybody does. That is for sure. Uh, as the match goes on, you do see Ted DiBiase and Virgil come down to ringside, and he is they are paying off every single fan that is in that front row. They yes, get to Dustin, and Dustin flat out refuses to take DiBiase's money. He does. Um, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase and Virgil kind of bully their way through the crowd. Right before they bully their way through the crowd, I have this note, and this is a little, you know, motivation for you to get through your, to get through your day if you're having a bad day. But if you're having a bad day, Dusty Rhodes had to wear polka dots, and he still got over. Think about that. Yeah, polka dots. Uh, there was also a shot of Sensational Queen Sherry's uh, her butt. And that's when uh, Roddy Piper goes, that's the best side of Sherry I've ever seen. <laughs> so I, I, did, I, have... I did make note of that. That that happens right before, uh, you know, Bibiasi and Virgil, you know, come barging their way to the crowd. They try buying, like you said, uh, Dustin Rhodes' seat. But Dustin's not selling. He's there to support his dad. And so yeah. I have a legit question for you. Okay. And this, this it's, it, you know, talking about Million Dollar Man and Virgil coming down. Is Virgil a legit badass, or do we just not give him enough credit for being ahead of the game? Um, this is kind of he's planting the seeds here, showing like you know he's gonna be a badass. I mean, he's planting his seeds, maybe foreshadowing his NWO uh, membership here, kind of bullying his way through the crowd. Um, he, he was ahead of his time getting training yeah. here for the NWO uh, about, you know, six years ahead of time. Virgil bowling his way in there. Uh, Vincent in the NWO, but Virgil in WWF. Yeah, that is a, that is a great question. Is, is, is he being innovative here or is, is he more <laughs> of a badass than we realize? <laughs> I'm going to go with neither. <laughs> yeah. I would say you are correct. <laughs> uh, so this match, I I thought this was pretty good. There was a lot of a uh, lot of fun moments in here. Um, <clears throat> I don't like the way the match ended, not because of the shenanigans. Uh, so the end of the match, you see DiBiase and Virgil taking taking it to Dustin, and Dusty comes out to help him. Here's where my problem lies. Dusty is being counted out. Macho Man comes off the top rope and hits Dusty while he's outside the ring, which, in my opinion, should have broken the count and what, started it what, over. At what point in the count did he do that? Uh, it was real close to the end. Maybe he thought it was after 10 and was doing it. I, it's a good point. I agree. That's a good point. Um. I have noted it here. You know, Dustin gets busted open. Then Dusty shields him. And yep. the whole time, Dusty is crying and selling. And it looks great. It, you know, it he's really going, oh, does. Oh, my boy, my boy, my son, my son. You know, he's selling, crying like he's really upset. Dude, it's great. I love it. I love Dusty. I love Dusty Rhodes, this whole, this whole performance. 
Dusty is just fantastic overall in anything he touches, and this is this is no different. He puts on a great show for everybody. You see him at the end of the match when everybody is left. He's still laying at ringside next to Dustin. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was it, it, <laughs> it was good. It was really good. And and uh, Macho King is your winner. Um, might have to go back and, and retime to see if he timed that elbow up right with that ten count. But he is the winner by count out uh, at nine and a half minutes. And then uh, we get kind of we further the feud here with uh, with Dusty and Macho. Uh, Macho jumps, you know. Um, they, we we further this with Million Dollar Man and Virgil, you know, getting in on Dusty on Dustin. And that'll be Dusty's next. Continue to be his next rival after he took Sapphire away. Exactly, and that that just builds. We'll we'll come back to that at a later time because. <laughs> Uh, you know, we we had our we had our schedule planned out. We were gonna this November talk about uh, Survivor Series '87, but like the name of the podcast, cards subject to change. We're gonna we're gonna continue on with after Saturday night's main event next month and talk about Survivor Series '90. There's a little teaser for next month for you. Yeah, after watching this show and the fact that you know this was. Uh... A, a, a prelude to Survivor. You know, this was kind of the lead-in into Survivor Series. This was the big show in between them. It only just sees fit that we do Survivor Series 90. So look for that next month. We will be going back and reviewing that show and probably picking up uh, some of the storylines from the show we're reviewing now. So, yeah. So um, we're going to use that moment here, and we're going to transition. We do have to pay our dues to our podcast brethren. So let's take a quick time out, Nick, and toss things over to our good friend Joe Winkle, who's going to talk about our For Fantasy Sake team. Make sure you tune into For Frequency Sake on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch each Sunday during the football season from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The boys from For Fantasy Sake will be bringing the fire fantasy football takes, updating you on the week's rankings and injuries, and getting you ready for your fantasy football matchups each and every week. The show is interactive, so be sure to send your questions. You can find them at For Frequency Sake on Facebook, at FFSQC on Twitter, or you can send them an email at ForFantasySakeQC at gmail.com. Thank you very much, Joe. We'll check back in with him a little later. Uh, we hey, do have you, know to- what, you know what, CZ? I really like those guys. Those guys do a great job with their show. They, they really do. Uh, DJ and, and the guys, hey, you know, if you're into fantasy wins. football... When my team wins, and all three of my teams are winning right now, but last week I, I didn't think those guys did a very good job. No? No, I didn't win all my games last week. Oh, well, I guess there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Right now they're doing a pretty good job. I, I'm trying to put these guys over. They do a great job. I do listen on Sundays. Um, to answer your questions, if you've got a question, get it in. Unlike the big-time shows, those big-time shows won't answer them. These guys will, okay? These guys will. Give them a chance. Um, they do a great job, and they are much listen to me on Sunday mornings between 10 and 1130. And, yeah, the, they do a great job. <clears throat> so if you're into fantasy football, which uh, most people most people are, I'm, I'm not personally, I'm not a big football fan, but 
Uh, that's just me because I have the sport of wrestling to look forward to, uh, which is what we're talking about today here on Card Subject to Change and every week. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> so as we come back into Saturday night's main event, after talking about a little fantasy football, uh, we go backstage with Hulk Hogan and Tugboat. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I don't even know. I, I, I said, when are they going to run out of puns? How many tongue-in-cheek German jokes did they make? It got ridiculous. <laughs> Obviously, none. They didn't. They were reading off cue cards and were coming up with their own because there were some tongue twisters in there. But regardless, it was so cheesy, and I loved every second of it. And Hogan is talking about rhythm and blues, who they're facing tonight, going to be playing flugelhorns and glockenspiels once they're done with their match. <laughs> That was the silliest thing I've ever heard. I know. I well, uh, well. There's something coming up in next sec. There's something coming up here in a few minutes. Just you wait. Oh, that's fair. That's very fair. Uh, because once we're done with Hogan and Tugboat, we go back to Mean Gene Okerlund. I love Mean Gene, and he is with the Bushwhackers. Nick, what are the Bushwhackers doing? They are cutting the cheese. They are cutting the cheese at the cheese factory. And I've got uh, a quote here from Butch. He goes, from under cheese, that's cheese from home. Obvious <laughs> 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 reference to them being from Australia, but uh, from Munda cheese. From Munda cheese, cheese. From home. They also talk about head cheese when uh, one of them takes a bite out of a cheese hat. <laughs> this is silly. The Bushwhackers are... If you watch them in WWE, you have to appreciate them for their comedy. If you if you watch them before they get to the WW then WWF, these guys are just bad asses. They're the a WWE. violent, a violent, bloody heel tag team. And then there's people out there that don't know that they were they were bad asses. They're the sheep herders. And then yeah. when WWE got their hands on them, they kind of made him characters and made him, you know, a joke. But yeah, go find some old Sheepherders uh uh matches and you will be you will be surprised. You'll be like, oh my gosh, those are the bushwhackers and you'd be like, Yep. They were yep. pretty violent. So uh hey if that's your thing, go look them up. You won't be disappointed. No, I agree. Find yourself some sheep herders matches. If that's the only thing you're gonna watch this week, it's well worth your time. Sure. Absolutely. And of course, you know, since we're at Oktoberfest, Mean Gene has to try and talk, uh, toss things back over to Lord Alfred again. And he's still talking, he's still drinking, but he can't hear Mean Gene because his his IFB is still sitting on his hat. And all you hear is, and then the next thing I said to him was this. It's just like, yeah. It's they're really putting over Lord Alfred Hayes as an alcoholic. And I, I think it's good. And what gets me here is the visuals on this one. Not only is he talking ridiculous nonsense, but every time they go back to him, there's more steins lined up on the table or the, the counter next to him. There's more steins, and there's also the same guy standing next to him who looks absolutely disgusted that he has to be there. But, you know, he's collecting, <laughs> he's collecting his $100 check for being a, you know, a, a screen actor. That, that he did. Uh, after after those shenanigans, we go back to the ring. 
Uh, it's time for the big match between Hulk Hogan, uh, Tugboat versus the Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine, better known as Rhythm and Blues. Um, I don't know. I I have uh, the, the nostalgia part of me always pops as big as this crowd does whenever I hear Derringer hit the air, whether it's in my car, on my wrestling playlist, whether I'm watching an old pay-per-view. I hear Real American come on. And it just puts a big old smile on my face. First thing I have is Real American top five entrance ever. That's what I put. Yep. You hear that. It takes you back. It's, 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 it's a top five entrance ever. It's Hogan. It was the definitive song in a definitive era. Uh, Rick Derringer said it put his kids through college. And I, it's, it's easy to see why. It's a, it's a, dude, it's an all-timer. It may be the greatest one ever. It, it might. I mean, you've got some some definitely arguable arguability there with entrances like Stone Cold's theme music, but it's it's very much top five and towards the top of those top five for sure. And we have Tugboat coming to the ring with his cheesy music. Uh, but before that, we had Rhythm and Blues already in the ring. And I have a note here that says Greg Valentine looks like grandma's new boyfriend. <laughs> this is our, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, before Rhythm and Blues, Greg, the Hammer Valentine, um, former tag champ with Brutus, uh, the Barber Beefcake as uh, the dream team. You know, yeah. always had the blue blonde hair. So seeing seeing him with his black hair, grandma's new boyfriend. That's that's everything I, <laughs> I I can see what you're saying there. Oh my that that got me. That that really got me, Nick. Thank you. That that image is not going out of my head anytime soon. And he's also <sighs> got suspicious minds on his on his uh, big boy drum. I have that written down too. I I I, I saw that also. The late eighties, early nineties, big boy trunks, suspicious minds. I, you know, you know. Besides him looking like, you know, besides Hammer looking like your grandma's new boyfriend, you know, honky tonk is in peak is in peak physical condition. What I have noted here, uh, I agree. Honky tonk looks great. He does uh, for and. He get, he's he's really underrated. I think Honky Tonk Man is. He doesn't get a lot of credit because he's he's arguably one of the greatest intercontinental. No 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 no. Stop 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 stop. He is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Okay, fair. I'll give you. You're right. He arguably is, but the whole stick is no. He is like no. You're right. Oh, one hundred percent. Give me five. Okay. Okay. IC title. Give me five names right now. First five names that come to your mind now. IC title. Go. Jericho. Miz. Honky Tonk Man. Oh. And now I lost. I got. I had three. I. <laughs> I need two more. Um, I can't do it. I can't give you five. My brain is. My brain broke here's after three. Here's, here's mine. Miz. <clears throat> Honky Tonk. Bret Hart. Okay. John Michaels. Shawn I don't know. Michaels. If he, but you're right. Like, Honky Tonk, man. 
everybody wants to laugh, but he was, you know, like at one point, the longest reigning intercontinental champion. That was for several years. And then, of course, you know, the warrior comes in and squashes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I couldn't name two more (laughs) intercontinental title holders. I've, I, I am ashamed of myself and I'm going to put myself in the corner when we're done recording because of that. Oh man. (laughs) What I have noted for this match, what I love about Hulk Hogan and anybody in this era are the exaggerated punches that they do. They pull their fist back and they hold it there for three or four seconds before they hit the guy. Hogan is notorious for it. Oh, you're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) And and Valentine, dude, Rhythm and Blues. uh, At WrestleMania, when they wrestled, BDP was the man who drove them through the ring. But uh, yeah, Rhythm and Blues. Rhythm and Blues. uh, I thought they should have had. I would have put the title straps on them for sure, just for the sake of. Just for the sake that Valentine dyed his hair black and that Elvis, Elvis Presley, honky tonk man, excuse me, pulls his pants halfway up to his nipples. <laughs> the image of these two is is the physical condition. Nineteen ninety, um, Grandma's boyfriend and an Elvis look alike. He's got his pants pulled up to his nipples. You can't go. You can't go. It doesn't get any better than that. No, and and here's the thing with Honky Tonk Man, he he's not. Everybody loves to hate him. He is he he reminds me. He's like the Miz now, back then, because the, the Miz. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, he, okay, what's the Miz? He's a star in his own mind, right? Well, the Honky right. Tonk Man was Elvis in his head, and he wanted the world to do. I love the Honky Tonk Man. I. A part of me died when the Warriors squashed him because it was just never the same after that. But I love the Honky Tonk Man, dude. I, dude, I'm a sucker for a swinging neck breaker. What? That's what the shake, rattle, and roll is. Yeah. The the and the moves that they do back then. You look at them now; those are transition moves. But his the shake, rattle, and roll. It's a swinging neck breaker. That I was know. his finisher. Jake Roberts, the DDT. That was his finisher. I know. Look as far back as Raven. Ravens was a DDT. Yeah. So, and wasn't, uh, remember the paradigm shift of of Ambrose? It was kind of a DDT before he did this variation to it. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You make a great point there. We're talking about, you know, Honky Tonk Man here on Saturday Night Live or segueing in here into, you know, you know, the moves that were finishers then are now just a regular move in somebody's repertoire. You know, it, it's just, yeah. you're right. That's something you see as it goes back. But you know Look what? At, uh, it's not any less. The crowds are still. They I still thought the crowd, was, I, the crowd was crazy for this show. I thought yeah. that's not a big, that's not a very big arena. Um, you know, there's no upper bowl there, so they're probably you know in front of like four or five thousand people. But you wouldn't have where, known it. Where were they, Nick? You usually have have that uh, handy. Toledo, I, I didn't write that down. Toledo, Ohio. So yeah, you're in Toledo, Ohio. You don't have a very 
big crowd, but you have a crowd that is rabid for this show. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. You know, and if you're in a star rating, this probably isn't your thing. There probably isn't a match over two stars on this, but man, I freaking had a blast with this show. We're not even we're not even done with it. This tag match is I have I have some of the, you know, I have more notes on this tag. I mean, the Oktoberfest is really what I loved about this show. I mean, we're not even through this halfway through the show yet, but no, I have I have on here, you know, during the match, you know, rhythm and blues are a finely greased machine. Not oiled, but greased. There's plenty of grease between the two of them. Um you know, Hogan gets into control of the match, and what happens when Hogan gets in, in control? Well, Jimmy Hart's no, no dummy. He's got a backup plan. And here comes Dino Bravo and Earthquake, okay? And Earthquake probably still giving Hulk Hogan nightmares, right, at this point? I would say so, yeah. Um, so these guys make their way to the ring. Uh, previously, Jimmy Hart had, had re- retreated back to the dressing room area, the locker room area. And he brought back Dino Bravo and Earthquake. I got on here. Honky Tonk Man hits Tugboat with a guitar. And the thing didn't break. How does that How does that not break? Against someone like Tugboat especially. Dude, it, it, I don't know. It did not break. And like, they both kind of looked at each other like, that was supposed to break. It didn't break. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then I had uh, I had that as a break, and after um, Hogan and Tugboat, they went by DQ at the seven twenty mark. Okay, after Tugboat's hit with that guitar, Honky Tonk Man, Grandma's boyfriend, <laughs> and Dino Bravo have Hogan. Uh, spread out for a satanic ritual or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, it's like for, if he were in the desert, they were tying him out to get roasted by the sun. Yeah, he was getting roasted in more more ways than one. And he's getting ready for an earthquake fillet before Tugboat makes the fade. Listen to what you just said there. I know. Tugboat makes the save. Ready for an earthquake. I mean, I thought earthquake was going to kill him. I, I thought so too. You you're looking at it, and then not only does Tugboat make the make the save, he comes in with the guitar that didn't break. Yeah, I wonder if like uh, it was like a joke on Honky Tonk, and like somebody swapped it out before he went out there. It, I, I'd love to hear if that was the case. But I was kind of shocked, and I, I I had my notes. Jeff Jarrett just somewhere is shamelessly shaking his head. Just does not approve. No, he 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 does not. Uh, he does not. He doesn't approve slap nuts. Man, Didn't he man, just say that all the time? Didn't he just say slap nuts? Slap nuts. Slap yep. ass. Slappy. Yep. Spend um, my days. Work. I'm sorry. <laughs> we probably should take another break here because coming up, this is what they call a tease in the business. We'll we'll pay some bills here, but coming up, maybe the best part of this show. So you're going to want to stay tuned. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, who doesn't love a sausage stuffing contest? <laughs> who doesn't indeed? And we're going to toss things over to Joe Winkle here talking about the websites for, for frequency's sake. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, 
The team at 4 Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out 4FantasySakeQC.com this season for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is 4FantasySakeQC.com for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season. Nick, uh, we're back. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know any way to any good way to transition into this other than we're going to go to Mean Gene with the master sausage stuffer himself, the genius Lanny Poffo. Okay. <laughs> Before we go any deeper into this Oktoberfest segment, people want to say the Attitude Era doesn't age well or didn't age well. And when you go back and watch it now, it certainly didn't. There's a lot of things that have changed society-wise and for the better. And those jokes at that time need to stay at that place in time. I, they were really uh, ahead of themselves here. I mean, this stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have a sausage stuffing contest. <laughs> Where else? Presiding is none other than Master Stuffer, the genius. <laughs> <laughs> and he does, he does his little, uh, he does his little poem. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's and then brilliant. I have on here. He's a, he's a sausage. <clears throat> he claims he's a sausage stuffer Hall of Famer. Uh, I believe that's how Mean Gene, uh, Mean Gene uh, addressed him. Uh, this segment, they are stuffing sausage into sleeves, and the teams are divided up into Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who, by the way, I think Jim the Anvil Neidhart might have been in another galaxy uh, on this show as well. He had the time of his life. And is it Hacksaw Jim Duggan? And they are going against yep. the Orient Express, Sato and Tanaka, and Mr. Fuji, Mr. correct? Mr. Fuji, yep. Mean Gene is the host, and uh, presiding, of course, is the genius over the sausage stuffing. What they get a minute to sausage, stuff as much sausage as they can in the hose, um, <laughs> and then things and then things get out of hand, don't they? They they do. Mister Fuji reaches under the table and pulls out the these full bags or whatever the these full sleeves of sausages and he just slams them on the table, and it just causes a huge argument between them. Uh, this is this is just a ridiculous segment all around here, <clears throat> uh, and of course you know after this we uh, after this <clears throat> excuse me after the sausage stuffing and Mister Fuji cheats his way to win, uh, we go back to Lord Alfred Hayes who has even more steins and is even more incoherent than he was before. You're right. You're right, CZ. Um, and I apologize for that. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, my fat sausage fingers uh, uh, bumped a button here. But uh, you broke down the uh, sausage stuffing contest like I'm sure nobody else yeah. could. And you're right. Lord Alfred Hayes, I, I put on here, I just, you know, start abbreviating by this point. LAH, still <laughs> rogue, is what I. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over how they got over that. And, yeah, the stuff you missed watching uh, wrestling as a kid, 
And when you get it uh, as an adult boy, it really hits you. It really hits you. And, you know, you've said this before. You, I'll say it again. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan because you can go back on Peacock and watch ridiculous gems like Saturday night's main event from October 13th, 1990. Plus you've got the current product that is just soaring. This is, this is a great time just to be a fan overall, you know? Oh, I'm telling you, do you know what we had before WWE network and Peacock? It was Chris Zach. Chris Zach would, would record uh, shows on demand and then put them on DVDs. And that's how we just, you know, that's how we really got, uh, become friends in wrestling but you're right wasn't it like wwe 24 7 wasn't that before the network and the network was before peacock but is that how it started out was wwe or 24 7 100 exactly i had a subscription through our cable company yeah you did record any shows that i thought that i that i wanted to see uh i don't think i have those dvds anymore because i think they got uh, destroyed by sitting out in the elements in well, my listen, case for too long. Listen, I have them, and I will make sure I get them to you before the uh, before the end of the year. Perfect. I've got them all for you, buddy. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's not the jelly of the month club, but it is the WWE twenty four seven or uh, no WWE twenty four seven. The Chris Zach Library. Uh, it, it's very hard to find, so get out there and find it if you can. <laughs> but no. Your comment and just hype in the fact that people don't know how easy and how lucky they are today, like, you know, being a wrestling fan before the internet and now being a wrestling fan, you know, where some people just watch wrestling on the internet. They only watch TV. It's crazy. And to think you can go back and watch this stuff. Uh, you know, we had uh, one they called Manders on a few weeks ago, gave us a match to watch and on WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling. I went back and watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to, you know, come back here and play this place in time and keep watching this stuff. You know, that's what's great about going back and watching all this stuff. And what's even better is all the product that's out there now. Currently, you can watch wrestling every night on TV if you want to, but you can yeah. find it. So uh, some people might say oversaturation, but you know what? You find what you like and you stick with it. And right now is a great time to be a wrestling fan. A great time to be able to go back and, and look at these shows like this, this Saturday night main event from 1990. And there's so many great products out there. You've got WWE, you've got AEW, the two big names, but you can find Impact Wrestling, which has a lot of great talent. Uh, You can find a number of pay-per-view events from smaller companies on any given weekend. It's just fantastic, you know? It is. No, it is. It really is. And, and, uh, right, there's a lot of time, a lot of kids today, you know, uh, we look at this next match that's coming up. It's the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich versus Haku. There's kids today who probably don't know who Kerry Von Erich and Haku are. And there's right. probably kids who don't know who Haku's manager is, the greatest of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby you know? the Brain Heenan, my Man, this, number one. This, yeah, I, I have on this match, I was kind of disappointed with this match, to be honest with you. It wasn't that it was only three minutes and ten seconds. It was, here's what I, here's, here are my match notes, verbatim. Haku dominates, Heenan dazzles, Texas Tornado wins, I don't know. That's all. That's kind of what this match gave me. It was great to see Bobby. It was great to see Haku in some overly ridiculous uh, tights. And Kerry Von Erich, you know, seeing him, you know, wrestle. It, it, that part was good, but the match is nothing to write home about. 
No, you're you're right. Uh, what really what I have in my notes uh, always brings a smile to my face whenever I hear a weasel chant in a wrestling crowd, for sure. And this crowd was didn't let down when Bobby Heenan came out. Weasel, weasel, just. Well, you're right. <laughs> they did. He, and, and I love how he's in the corner, and like the cameras caught him, and he'll just walk away like you know, like nothing happened. I mean, just the, the brain is gold. He really was. And, and uh, like you said, being able to go back and watch him anytime, anything that he did on the on on Peacock is a great. It's great, and like it's a great time to be a fan in the year twenty twenty two, for sure. And you know, we go from this match to backstage <laughs> with Hogan <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, and Tugboat again. Here's what I have. So the last time we saw Hugboat. Uh, Hugboat? Hogan and Tugboat. Did you uh, say Hugboat? I did say Hugboat. Oh, my God. You just came up with the tag team. These guys are going to be forever known now as Hugboat. <laughs> I love it. When's the when's the next Hugboat match? I want to I wanna watch that for sure. Me too. Um, the so- Hugboat. <laughs> and they run down the aisle. Embraced in a hug the whole time, and it's like a big blow, they'll have a big blow off with the best friends, and there it's gold. We just we just got a storyline. We just got to fill in the blanks now. Yeah, hugboat versus the best friend. But yeah, the hugboat. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, the last time we saw Hogan and, and Tugboat, they were they were throwing Who? every October hugboat. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the last time we had hugboat backstage, they were throwing out all the. Uh, all the German Oktoberfest terms they could throw out. This time, they're talking nautical terms. They're throwing out everything, every ship-related term Hogan can come up with. I, I put Hogan ran out of Oktoberfest jokes. Now he's going naval. War at sea. Heavy depth charges. When was the last time you heard depth charge? That's my notes. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you death chart. I have war at sea in my notes too. This is this is just ridiculous. <laughs> These... <laughs> We're going naval, brother. We're going naval, brother, with the war at sea. <laughs> death charges, brother. Oh my god. Uh, I'm glad they cut these promos because we got fodder for this show and, and this is something great to laugh at, but I'm telling you this. When Hogan went naval, I'm kind of like, oh gosh, okay. I shook I, I my can't, head. I can't suspend I... disbelief anymore. <laughs> no, it, he makes it hard at this point to to suspend disbelief. He really does. Oh my! But that oh. made, that segment really kicked up the crap match that was before it. So after that, we segue into our fifth and final match of the show. Mm-hmm. And this is with Sergeant Slaughter with General Adnan uh, versus uh, everybody's favorite Birdman, Coco Beware. Now, I put here as a note, and I'm not ashamed to admit this. So, like, this is 1990. I've been 10 years old. I put, as a kid, I was scared shitless of General Adnan. As yeah. a 10-year-old... I, 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 as a 10 year old, I legitimately thought he was like a ranking officer with Hussein. And I couldn't believe he, like he was in our country still. 
And then I actually put on, I put on here, they noted that he, he knows he grew up with Saddam Hussein. That is true. He actually was schoolmates with Saddam Hussein. That's not a joke. That is true. Um, I'd watched an old um, AWA show that he was on, and he was Adnan El Sheiki in that. And they, they mentioned that there. He is at, he actually grew up with Saddam Hussein. So, little little historical note for you there. I did not know that. That is that is some that is that's. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm I'm a little flustered right now. I'll be honest with you. I did not know that. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that that that's that that's no BS. That's a hundred percent true. So, so me me telling the world I was scared fitless as a ten year old. This guy, hey, I had some founded thing. I didn't know as a ten year old he was uh, he grew up with Saddam Hussein. But yeah, no. I thought uh, General Adnan was the great piece here for Sergeant Slaughter uh, taking on Coco Beware. So. Just a little history note. Hey, hey, it's not just wrestling here, folks. We talk about history. Um, it's very little, but we talk we talk a little history, but a lot about wrestling. But yeah, uh, General Adnan was uh, grew up with Saddam Hussein. How crazy is that? And that is your fun fact of the week. <laughs> and we're going to segue now into our fashion statement of the week, and that is Sergeant Slaughter's ring gear. I got written down here. It's a hundred percent cotton and two sizes too small. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? And this he, this is what he always wore uh, up until for his ring gear. It, it always was two sizes too small for him. One hundred percent cotton. It, it is. It is. It's almost like okay. If he's wearing like a singlet over pants. But it looks like like a, a ballet singlet stretched to the max. That's what I think about it. Okay, I can see that for sure. And then I got on here. What the hell? Knuckles to the temple as a finisher? Get what was <laughs> that? I have that written down. I have no idea how that could even qualify as a move, let alone a finishing move. Yeah, we're we're sludging our way through this match. Not a lot of. Uh, not a lot of collar and elbow tie-up here. Um, knuckles to the temple, and then I have, you know, we get uh, Sergeant Slaughter get that submission win with the knuckles to the temple at the 518 mark. Probably the most important thing, though, this match is post-match, General Adnan and uh, Russian-turned-American-friendly uh, now, Nikolai Volkov with a flag off. Oh my God, that flag off was fierce. What's your favorite flag off, Nick? I, I'm going to go with this one. It, it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, the dream match would have been General Adnan versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but we didn't get that. <laughs> no. So I'm going to go with this one. I got to go with this one. So one thing that I have noted that I noticed more probably because of the quality of the match, I wasn't as I wasn't I was trying to pay attention to the match. I caught the the knuckles to the temple finish, which was ridiculous, but <clears throat> 90s wrestling, all the flash bulbs going on in the audience. Hey. You know, everybody it's, all it's the a different era. Bulbs, all the flash bulbs, CZ, and not a single freaking phone. Nope. 
Um, Everybody was watching, was was into the into what was in front of them. They were taking pictures. You saw the flash of the cameras. In, in it's the a crowd. different era for sure. And the crowd's all age. There's there's old ladies. There's little boy. It's all ages. I mean, yeah. it's not just it's not just college kids, high school guys, grown ass men like us. It's all ages. Um. So yeah, it, it, it is cool to go back and see this thing. I mean, 1990. I wasn't looking for that, but in 2022, the first thing I noticed, man, nobody's on their cell phones. Man, people actually have flash photography. I, you know, yeah, that's something that, you know, I I had to explain to my kids, and my wife and I explained to our kids how you had to go get uh, pictures developed. You know, like that was kids. Kids today don't get that. Oh my God, no. Sergeant Slaughter! Sergeant Slaughter, your reindeer did no favors for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know what my. I mean, man. I do. That'd be like me putting on a small picture. You know, I, I'm comfortable in it. I'm comfortable in an XL. I'm really comfortable in a two X. Sergeant Slaughter's like wearing small. This is just too much. And. You know what we we have fun with this. We we're having fun with this whole show. We've got to go back now to um, the the most fun of the show, and that is Oktoberfest with Mean Gene. Uh, we come back to Gene Okerlund, and you see a dance off between Slick and Jim the Anvil Nightheart going on. That was crazy. Ah uh, man, there's a reason Jim the Anvil Nightheart had his sunglasses on the whole time. Uh, I, I the poll question I had for you is this: Who enjoyed themselves the most? I think it's between these two. If you want to throw somebody else in there, go ahead. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Jimmy. Oh, actually, I think it's three. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. The genius. The genius or, is who I was going to add. Or Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> it's a toss-up between the three of them. In all honesty. That that doesn't necessarily mean they're the MVP. The MVP of this show, in my opinion, is Mean Gene Oakland. Oh, I can agree with that. Means that everything he had to put up with between the sausage fest, the sausage <laughs> stuffing, the and then what we're getting to at the end, uh, we'll come back to that in just a minute. He he really shined through. Uh, mean Gene is just a class act anything he touches and surrounded by ridiculous, he shines uh, in my opinion as the, the stalwart of any broadcast. And the fact it's, a food, you know, we, we get to, Hey, we've, we've built to this, the whole show. Um, take it away. I, I, you, you describe what is going on. Paint the picture. What is going on here in the final segment of the show? So we have, Mean Gene surrounded by wrestlers and just I don't even know what caused it all of a sudden there is this gigantic food fight well someone, someone fired like a, 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 a spoonful of potatoes man and it hit Duggan square in the <laughs> face and stuck. so the visual is great so Duggan didn't fire the first shot, but he fired the first retaliatory shot. And then after that, man, it's all bonkers. It, it, it is ridiculous. Gene ends up completely covered in food, 
for probably cake. I'm pretty sure most of it is cake on his face. Uh, looks like uh, looks like Two Face because only half of his face is covered. Uh, Two Face of Batman fame, of course. Of course, um, of course. This this was just crazy. Everybody is going nuts. There's food flying everywhere. Uh, we do come back into the arena briefly before the show ends uh, to hear from both the Macho King and the Warrior. Uh, Warrior is apparently accepting the Macho King's challenge for the WWF Championship. But did does anyone really understand what the Warrior says in any of his promos, Nick? Correct me if I'm wrong, but he just goes off the rails in anything he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I th- I thought I thought this, that was odd. Like they should have ended it with the food fight, but then they go back into the promo book. Like, oh, okay. So you want me to stick around and listen now? Like, yeah, I can't. I don't even have any. I didn't even write any notes down because I couldn't make any semblance of it. And they do go back to Gene and and Lord Alfred Hayes at the end uh, to wrap things up finally. And right. I that that exchange between Lord Alfred and Mean Gene. <laughs> just the fact uh, Alfred is like, why didn't you call me? You were supposed to call me. And Mean Gene just keeps yelling, why didn't you stick it in your ear? <laughs> <laughs> and it's really the first time we've ever seen Okerlund uh, overtly upset. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. To his buddy Lord uh, I This whole thing was great. I, I'm glad... Uh, you know, we had a show fall through, and we're like, you know what? What are we going to do? Let's do this one. We haven't done this. And I honestly, I stated earlier uh, earlier here on the show that I didn't know this was Oktoberfest until I hit, boom, start, let's go, started taking notes. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be the, the best part of the show, which I think we can both agree it was. The wrestling wasn't the greatest. Absolutely. Uh, after I, the Oktoberfest segments are great. The graphics were great. The trip down memory lane was great. I mean, if you are ever interested in going back and watching the Saturday Night Live, you can knock it out in about an hour. Um, highly recommend. They're all on there, dude. And, and I, I just to stress the importance of Saturday Night's main event, like this was a big deal back in the day. Uh, wrestling on a Saturday night late on broadcast TV, like it was a big deal. And to have yeah. big stars and that was, you know, mostly partnered. It was partnered by, you know, Vince McMahon and his working relationship he had with Dick Eversall, who was the head of NBC Sports. NBC Sports was ESPN, the equivalent of ESPN when it came to sports back in the 90s, you know, before cable TV really took over the sports landscape. NBC Sports was a big deal. So having these on broadcast TV, I remember them, you know, commercials as a kid, you know, and getting to be able to stay up and watch these. So, you know, enjoying these as a 10-year-old, and they go back even further. Um, before I was, you know, no, before I was a wrestling fan, these, this was a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoyed this. I, I, I hope to do more of these, uh, on the, on the show in the future. And if I have anything to say about it, CZ, we will. We, we definitely will. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give a toss back to our second episode where you and I were talking about what brought us into wrestling, why we love, love wrestling so much Saturday night's main event was my go-to show for that discussion in episode two, because what brought me in was the whole feud between Hogan and Macho Man, the mega powers, their build up and their explosion. That was all carried 
on Saturday night's main event throughout the year uh, when it happened. Yep, yep. And that was uh, was huge at the time. That, you know, led into the WrestleMania main event, WrestleMania 5. So, yeah, Saturday night's main event definitely has its place on this show. And we will will definitely revisit, uh, you know, probably not here in 2022, but we will definitely be revisiting Saturday night's main event in 2023. And if you want to catch this episode in particular, I said it off the top. This is season six, episode five, if you fire up Peacock and you want to watch this fun uh, fun journey through Oktoberfest in the WWE, WWF at the time. Absolutely. It's uh, it's great. You'll enjoy it. I, I, I couldn't put the show over anymore. Uh, the Oktoberfest segments are what seals it. If you love Mean Gene and those antics, this is the show for you. And, you know, we're going to, that's going to put a wrap on this show. Uh, Before we close things out, Nick, uh, next week, we're talking about Halloween Havoc 97. We continue down the 97 WCW train. I'm excited for that. But we've got to announce a bonus episode. Who are we talking to tomorrow, Nick? Yeah, bonus episode for all you uh, followers out there. We are talking to none other than the SCW Pro uh, Iowa champion. He is the devil dog, Dustin Mosley. He is going to jump on the show tomorrow night. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on with him in his day to day. We're going to talk about his wrestling fandom and we're going to talk about what to look for in 2023 from the devil dog. So looking forward to uh, jumping back here in the studio tomorrow night. I am too. That'll be a, that'll be a little bit late night. Uh, I'm not available until about 9 PM. So that'll drop on Tuesday morning. Uh, this show, if you're listening to it, will drop Monday morning uh, before uh, before we go into Monday Night Raw, where, if rumor is true, Seth Rollins and Riddle continue their rivalry, this time with the U.S. Championship uh, in the mix. Uh, but, Nick, that's going to wrap things up here. Uh, before we close out in full, where can we find you on social media, Nick? You can find me at NickBull55. Uh, we're also... Uh, at CT CSTC no, CSTC <laughs> podcast on Twitter. Hey, reach out to us. We love to talk to our fans on uh, social media and platforms as well. We love the interaction. Uh, I'm at NickBull55, like you said on Twitter. I believe you are at the Wizard CZ. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook under Card Subject to Change. Just look for the picture of me and Nick side by side. Uh, We look forward to talking to Dustin Mosley, the devil dog of SCW pro tomorrow night. And then Halloween havoc 97 next week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We look forward to seeing it, to talking to y'all next week. And like Nick said, reach out on social media. We love hearing from all our fans. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day.